welcome to the GTFO podcast. This is Holly Kaplan. For those of you who don't know, GTFO means get the F out. In this podcast, we will be discussing how to get the F out. How to get the F out of a bad situation, predicament, or something you want to flat change. I'll be interviewing individuals who have had to GTFO. Expect to hear stories of those who experience situations of despair, pain, and fear. And the only way to escape it was to GTFO. Through this podcast, I want to give you, the listeners, the power and courage to make life changes should you need to GTFO. Today's episode isn't a traditional GTFO story. It's not about getting the F out of something like we always talk about, but I feel it's important to share this conversation with my guest today because his topic needs awareness and visibility. So I'll start with this. How would you feel if you became the father of a beautiful baby girl? You planned on caring for her, raising her, and parenting her, and it just so happens you're a single dad, yet you know that having her in your life will make you feel a type of love never experienced before because of the parent-child bond. It feels full of flowers and sunshine, doesn't it? Well, here is where I've got to pump the brakes and give you the reality check. As a single father... In the state of Texas, despite your ability and willingness to take care of your daughter, current Texas laws do not allow the standard possession schedule for children under the age of three. What that means for the father is that he only has a few set hours weekly with that child. Here are some statistics I'd like to share with you on this topic because they are relevant. According to the 2020 U.S. Census, 88% of primary custodial parents are mothers, 30% of children in America live in a household that is missing at least one parent. 85% of that, 30% of children live in a fatherless home. That's 18.3 million kids. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. And then lastly, 63% of youth suicides come from fatherless homes. Knowing these statistics, which are current, why wouldn't the father have more access to time with this child. Better yet, if you are a father in this position, (laughs) what do you do to get it? This episode was inspired by my guest today, who has a hell of a story. He is a father of a beautiful 18-month-old girl, and he knows everything about what I just shared with you because it's happened to him. Alejandro Arrieta was raised in the Dallas Metroplex and currently resides here. He has worked in the real estate industry for nearly two decades. He currently chairs and also serves as a member of two committees in the town he resides in. He is active in the community, solution-focused, and enjoys taking on new challenges. Alejandro, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm finally, I'm so glad that we're finally getting to have this conversation because I've heard your story for the last couple of months and I'm intrigued by what you're going to talk about today. So thank you. Thank you for coming no, on today. Thank, thank you for having me. Um, pleasure to, to, to be on and, and be a part of this and um, yeah, just, just getting the story out to you know educate and, and raise awareness on the issue. So I thanks agree. for having me on. Of course, of course. I know the story is important, so I'm happy to help you get it out there. And I have so many questions for you today, but tell me how we know each other. How did we meet? Uh, so we met through some, through mutual friends. Um, I can't remember exactly <laughs> when and where, because we've, we've seen each other several times since through our, our mutual friends. Um, yes. but 
but right. Yeah. We have mutual friends. They've had some, some gatherings and yes, we've, we've both been there. So yes. Yeah. And our daughters are friends and we're lucky enough to be neighbors with them. And they introduced you to us and, and that's, that's the scoop. That's our history. So it's, it's nice to be acquainted with neighbors and friends around in the Dallas area. So, um, all right. Before we get into your content today, I'd love for the listeners to hear more about you. Will you please tell us more about yourself? So myself, I'm a <clears throat> single father to a, a beautiful 20-month-year-old daughter. Um, I'm a first-generation American. My both, both of my parents immigrated here to the, the United States um, before I was born. Mother immigrated from the Dominican Republic, and my, my father's from Cuba. Uh, I was born in New Hampshire. I've lived in the Dallas area since I was about the age of, of three or four. Um, I, my father, um, when my, my mother and father, they separated when I was uh, about the age of three. So I didn't grow up with, with a father. Um, I was raised by my mom and, and her two sisters and her two sisters, their, their husbands were involved as well. Um, in terms of my father, I actually met him for the first time since I was three, about, about three months ago. So um, wait, so what? I didn't know that. I don't yes. think we got to talk about that. Yes. Wow. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast right there. Yeah. Late breaking. Late breaking news right there. <laughs> wow. Okay. We're going to have to talk about that on a, on another episode because that's gotta be just, that had to be amazing. So, yeah. um, so you were raised by strong women. Yes. Yes. My, my mother, she, she, uh, yeah, she raised me, had to work. Um, you know, sometimes she was working two and, and three jobs yeah. um, just to be able to keep a, a roof over my head. So, um, right. Yes. These were, these were the women that, that raised me. Now, is everybody still here in the Dallas area? <clears throat> so right now, so my mom, she has, there were 10, 10 of them total. Um, one of her sisters still lives here. Uh, the other sister that, that raised me, um, she was actually here this weekend and just left this morning. Oh, wow. Um, so uh, it was nice to have all three of them here, my the one that flew in, she actually stayed here with me. So I was, I was playing host to to all to to all three of them. So you're a brave but, man, Alejandro. <laughs> you're a brave man. That was yeah. nice of you to do that. Yeah. So okay. I enjoyed it. So let's talk about the most important girl in your life, though, because that's why we're here. Let's talk about your little girl. I know she's the heart of your issue today which is what makes this episode so important. Yes. So, <clears throat> um, you know, I, I, I think we, we've talked about this previously, I guess me and her mother were, were not together. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, my, my daughter, she, she is my world. She is my everything. And, and again, like you said, why, why we're, we're here today. Um, a lot of thing, you know, one thing that a lot of people are not aware of, and, and I wasn't aware of, um, you know, when I, when we went through the, um, court system is that for, for children under three, there is not a standard possession schedule. 
Um, so currently me and, and the mother, we have a, a mediated settlement agreement. And as part of that agreement right now, I'm only, I'm only able to see my daughter 11 and a half hours a week. Um, but, but thankfully, as of about a, a month ago, my, my daughter's mother, she, she did allow me to start picking up from, from daycare again. So when I do finish up with, with work, I can pick her up a little bit earlier and, and it, it allows me to have some extra time with her, which is the only thing that I, I wish I had was, was more time with I, my, my little one. I know, especially when they're so young. You know, yeah. okay. Um, that was more late breaking news. I didn't know that had transpired. Also, so that that's good news. Yeah, and like you said, when they're they're so young, because you know this is this is time that that we can't get back. And as everyone says, you know, it, it goes by so quick. And, and I see it every <laughs> every day when I I see her from when she she just came out the womb to now she's she's walking, talking, and and getting into everything. So. Of course, that's perfect. Yeah, (laughs) here comes the test, Dad. Here it comes. So, well, she's beautiful. She's she's a beautiful little girl. I just have to say that, of course, because I've seen her. Um, let's go to visitation, because, like you said earlier, a lot of people don't know the visitation rules and laws in the state of Texas with a child under the age of three. When you encountered these situations a year ago or a year and a half ago, were you surprised that it really was not in the father's favor? Uh, was I surprised? Yeah. No, I wasn't surprised. Um, was I surprised that it was as egregious as it is? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was, I was surprised that, that this, that the way the statistics are, are as egregious as they are. Um, we, we have numbers from the, Attorney General, and when you look at those numbers, ninety um, percent of non-custodial parents in Texas are fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, so non-custodial meaning that they're they're not the one with with primary custody. Um, you know, in terms of of my case, you know, I've I've been very active in the community. I volunteer in the community. I'm a member of several um, committees for the city I live in. Um, I've been active realtor and in the business of real estate for, you know, nearly 20 years. Um, I, I stay active. I, I work out. I, you know, I, I do all the things that I, I think I'm supposed to do and, and, and to know that, you know, I have this relegated schedule. It's, it's tough. So. Right. All right. You're making me think of a question that's off script today. And that is how soon did you know that this was going to be an issue, the visitation? Did you know during the pregnancy or did you not know until after the girl was born? Uh, in terms of visitation, I, yeah. mean, I, was always, I was always told that, you know, I would never, you know, I could, you know, I could always see my daughter whenever I wanted to see her. Okay. At least that's what I was told. Okay. Um, but- it's it's playing out a little differently than, you know, right. I, I think, you know, in all fairness, I think things played out differently than both of us wanted them to, to play out. But, right. um, you know, my, my priority and, and I'm sure my, my daughter's mother's priority is our daughter. Um, that's that's my focus and just doing what what's best for for our daughter. So, right. 
Right. Thank you for letting me ask that question, though, because if I was in your shoes and I knew that this was coming during the pregnancy, I would have been, it would have caused me a lot of stress. Like it would, I mean, I know it's stressful after she was born, but it would have, I don't know, just been uncomfortable, uncomfortable situation to know that that's your baby girl. So, um, I have a question. This separation, like right now you get 11 hours a week and now you can pick her up from daycare. How do you think this affects the father and the child? Because we both know that these first years are so important for her development and growth and relationship with you. What does this mean to the both of you? Yeah. Um, so again, you know, I, I already talked about my childhood and yeah. how I live my life without a father. Um, and the one thing that I always aspired to knowing what life was like without a father um, was to be the best father that I could possibly be. Right. Um, so how does this affect me? It's mm-hmm. tough. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very tough um, because mm-hmm. that's all I want to do. And all I want to be is, is there for my daughter. Right. Um, so yeah, it's tough, but you know, at, at the same time, um, it, it motivates me. Um, after going through the the court system and and seeing some of these stats and 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 how you know how they they play out and and are you know have been played out for the past thirty forty years, um, it it motivates me to to push and and make change. Um, you know, because I'll I'll never give up on my daughter. Um, but you know, other you know other parents shouldn't other parents and children shouldn't have to be going through this, um, no. you know, when all we want to do is be involved in our kids' lives. I know. I know. Um, I, I agree with you. And how, how does this affect my daughter? Um, yeah. you know, for me, it's, it's hard to say right now, but, um, there's a doctor, um, Alinda Nielsen. She's a professional professor of educational and adolescent psychology at, at Wake Forest University. Mm-hmm. And she, I just want to read this. These are some some notes that she put together in terms of of the bond between um, father and, and daughter. So mm-hmm. she said, in addition, Lyndon Nielsen has conducted research on the effects of shared parenting and on father daughter relationships. Nielsen has shown that shared parenting, where a child of divorced parents spends approximately equal time with the father and the mother generates better health, mental, and social outcomes, and that a daughter's academic and career achievements are closely related to the quality of her childhood relationships with her father. Um, So, you know, it's, I don't know how it's going to play out, but the one thing that I I do know is that I'll, I'll never give up on my daughter and I'll be there whenever I need to be there for her and just, just have to continue to keep pushing. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I love your passion and emotion around her because I know that this has turned you into somewhat of an advocate, Alejandro, for trying to get these changes in the state of Texas so you can be the dad you want to be to her. Um, I know that you've you put yourself out there, man, and you've been to, tech, to Austin. I know that you have been vocal about this topic. And I appreciate you because you're really trying to break new ground in this area. Um, will you tell us a little bit about your trip to Austin and what you were able to do and say? That's our capital, by the way. 
<laughs> That's our capital. I know everybody out there knows, but that was the purpose of going there. Will you tell us a little bit about the event that you went to? What was like six months ago or is it a year ago, Alejandro? Uh, it was in, it was in April. Okay. Um, it was in April that I, I went down to Austin. So after my, my, after our case was, was adjudicated, I, I wanted to figure out what can be done to, to get the laws changed. Right. Um, because, you know, this is, it's about doing what all the research and everything shows is, is best for children. And, and that's, equal shared parenting. So I wanted to figure out how, how could we get there and how can we achieve that? So, so yes, I went down to, to Austin. Um, there was a bill in, in front of the juvenile justice and family issues committee um, in support of equal shared parenting. Mm-hmm. So I went down there to testify with you know myself. I, I just went there on my, on my own, but when I went down there, there were you know, hundreds of others down there in the same position of, as me. Um, and it wasn't just parents. Uh, there were grandparents, there were aunts, there were uncles, there were brothers, sisters of, of, of affected family members. And, and in, in large part, um, I think there was eight there that testified in opposition of the bill. Mm. And all those that testified in opposition of the bill were um, lobbyists that whose clients are family attorneys and, and judges and, and people that, that are being rewarded through the, through the system as it is today. Um, so yes, that's what I went down there in, in April for. Um, did you know, did you expect that the lobbyist part of it, did you expect the inner workings of the system to function like that? Well, no, I didn't. Uh-huh. And and what what the hardest part is is, you know, I, I'm I'm a father. Um, since going down to Austin, you know, I've, I've been involved in other things. Mm-hmm. But I, I've met a lot of other people um, that are going through the same thing that I'm I'm going through. Not not just fathers, but but mothers as well. Um, mothers that have been that have that are trying to get equal shared parenting. Um, mothers and fathers that have been alienated from from their children um, due due to the way it, it's set up today, and unfortunately, us as as parents, we don't have the money to to, to lobby and put up the you know hundreds of, of millions of dollars that that the lobbyists are able to put up um, to support their clients and and. You know their clients are family attorneys, and, and family attorneys are they're not you know they're not looking out for the best interests of of children. They're looking out for their own personal interests. Business, and, business, right. yeah. You know, so it's it's unfortunate. It um, is. You know, when I when I was there at the testimony, um, there were child practitioners, uh, psychologists, and people that that study this issue ad nauseum, and and in terms of, of the testimony, none of the reps there in, in Austin, when these folks were testifying, asked, asked these, these professionals a single question. However, when the lobbyists came up with the you know, Texas Family Law Foundation and, and other groups, the, the committee members had 
lots of questions for these folks. They didn't have they didn't have questions for the folks that study what is in the best interest of children, but they did have lots of questions for the lobbyists, the, the people that support and prop up their campaign. So it was it was very unfortunate to to see that taking very one sided. They're right. not getting all the information they need. Right. They're right. creating their own narrative by by excluding that, which is really disappointing. Yeah. That's really disappointing. Um, I haven't heard anything about this in the news, and that really bothers me. You know, I mean, I know that there's a lot of shit on the news right now, but it bothers me that this is not, this topic is not being brought to the surface more frequently. Because I think it would get more attention if Texans knew more about this, you know? Um, And I know that that's something you've been dealing with. And I know that you are active in different organizations now to break through and get the visibility that this topic needs. What are some of the things that you're doing now that's making the difference? So some of the things that I'm, I'm doing now. So again, went down to testify in April. Yeah. Um, when we saw that that wasn't going anywhere, um, Ugh, some of the, the folks in the group decided to put together an event um, at the Capitol once again in, in May um, to continue to educate and, and raise awareness. We went to the Capitol and we we tried to go to some of the, the legislators' doors and, and make them aware of the issue. And, um, you know, I don't a lot of them <clears throat> were non-responsive. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, through that event, we met, we met lots of, of great people. Um, we, we met, um, some presidents of, of LULAC chapters here in Dallas. Um, through those, those contacts, we put together another event at Mountain View College where we made additional contacts. Um, this Wednesday, we were having another event where we're um, going to have a viewing of a, a documentary called a, a racing family. Um, and we're, in, it's, we have a conference room reserved at the Capitol where we're going to do a, um, eat and learn for <clears throat> legislators and, and staff members. So, um, they're going to come and they'll get to enjoy breakfast and pizza and, and they'll be able to be there for the viewing. Oh, wow. And then we have some, some speakers coming in as well that this is their focus and, and topic to um, to talk to legislators and staff. That is terrific. That's terrific. And I'm sorry, I, I would love for this podcast to air before then. Uh, that's that's fine. That, that one's not open to the public. Okay, so. but it's a super event. I mean, talk about getting your information out there. Well, the one event that is <clears throat> open to the public is on November 6th. At, okay. At um, we'll, we'll have an event at Clyde Warren Park. Um, so that that one is open to the public and yeah, invite everyone to to come out and join. Um, other things that I've done, we've, we've recently started up a, a nonprofit called Equality for Children. So um, they're the ones putting together this event um, for both the, <clears throat> the speakers at the Capitol and then the November 6th event as well. So Terrific. That's great. Great. And at the end of the podcast, we'll get your information on where people can find out more about the event. So if they want to attend, they can attend. Um, I have another question. And I don't know if you'd have the answer to this. 
but it's this whole conversation is making me think, why has nothing been done about this thus far? There's lots of reasons. Um, we've already talked about the <clears throat> the Texas Family Law Foundation yeah. and, and you know the, that that group of of lobbyists. Um, you know now there's there's a push to <clears throat> by the Texas Family Law Foundation that well I mean so so one thing did happen that was positive. Um, the standard visitation uh, previously was in terms of percentage and overnights was 2476. Um, one thing that did come out of the last session was they moved it to expanded standard where now it's 3862. So expanded standard, that's now the, the default in Texas, unless evidence is, is provided or uh, someone wants to opt out of that schedule. That's now the default. That's uh, progress. <laughs> So yes, it's progress. It's not still not fifty. It's still not equality, but it's it's a step in the the right direction. Look, um, but yeah. but one thing that we're hearing now from the Texas Family Law Foundation, and and we've even heard you know some legislators quote this as well that they're saying that expanded standard is now fifty fifty, and because of that, we we should um, you know I don't know how thirty eight gets to fifty, but that's what they're arguing. <clears throat> and because of that, they want to focus on, um, on, on modifying child support. And the reason that they're wanting to modify child support is because they're concerned about, I guess, what about the money that's coming into the state. Because a, a lot of, one thing that a lot of people aren't aware of is, is, is there's a act that's out there where the federal government is giving money back to the states are actually incentivizing um <laughs> incentivizing child support um you know the, the states are getting money back from the federal government based on amount that's being awarded for child support amount of um cases that end up with child support so oh wow yeah and a lot of people aren't aware of that and so i think that's why they want to focus on child support now but you know, child support, that's, you know, that's not my issue. My issue is getting, you know, it's time, time that we're never going to get back. Right. And that's, that's what my focus is, is, is to have equality in terms of, of time with children. I mean, all the research and all the studies show um, that this is what's in the best interest of children is equal shared parenting right. and that it, you know, it, it helps to support kids. It helps to support kids' emotional and psychological health yep. after divorce and separation of parents. So that's that's my focus. So. Well, I think it's terrific what you're doing, and your daughter is going to be so proud of you. She's going to know that you're the man who is her hero, and you fought for her, and you fought to make change, Alejandro. So I just think you should be really proud of that. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Um <sighs> What do you want other people to take away from your personal story? And what advice do you have for other people who are going through the same thing? <clears throat> so advice for other people, mm -hmm. um, get involved. Um, people that are going through this, um, you know, so we have a, the nonprofit, it's Equality for Children. You can go out to Equality, 
equalityforchildren.org is is the website um, to get in touch with you know members of the nonprofit. Um, I think it's good to anyone that's going through this now. I think it's good to to talk and speak to someone um, who's who's gone through it because if you haven't gone through it, um, the only information that you're you're getting is from attorneys who are you know they're incentivized by this whole process. So I think it's it's good to get an unbiased opinion mm-hmm. um, from other folks, which I wish I, I had. Um, other things folks should be doing is contacting the governor, um, contacting your your reps and senators. Um, there's a documentary out there that everyone I recommend watch um, titled was- Erasing, Erasing Family. That's the one that you're going to show on November 6th, right? No, that's the one we're showing um, this Wednesday to, uh, to the reps. Okay. Okay. But, and then again, and then join us at at Clyde Warren Park on, on November 6th. And then, you know, in terms of, this isn't my quote, but I, I, I need to go back and find the author of the quote, but you know, this isn't a left versus right issue. This isn't a mother versus father issue. This is a, a family issue to protect the most vulnerable among our society, and the most vulnerable being the the children of Texas. Well said, very well said. You're right. This is not political. This is not mom versus dad. This is about the, the kiddos, the children. Right. Yeah. So, well, you've taught me a lot through this because I didn't know that these were our current laws. You know, I didn't know they were so lopsided and dated. They're, they're, they're dated. I mean, we're in 2021. So that was really surprising. Yeah. And, and, you know, so I, I, we have some, I have some stats as well because, um, you know, so 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from, from fatherless homes. Um, so I say fatherless, that, that doesn't mean that the father's not there in any capacity. Um, you know, standard possession prior to September 1st was was 24%. So a child who had 24% of access to their, their father was, was, that's considered a fatherless home. Um, oh, wow. 35% and below is considered fatherless. Oh, and then wow. 63% of, of youth suicides come from fatherless homes. And, you know, these are just a, a couple of egregious stats that are out there, but you have teen pregnancies, juvenile delinquencies and, and lots of other stats that are out there that have direct correlation uh, mm-hmm. to this issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing those. Cause that really sheds light on where the real issues are and that this can be repaired. Alejandro, this is something that we could fix or that you're fixing. You're doing the legwork to fix this, to change those statistics. Yeah. It's all about ed- educating and, and raising it is. awareness. So. It is. Well, I applaud what you're doing. And uh, this is important to you and it's important to me because I'm going to support you guys any way I can. Um, I know that this topic will resonate with a lot of our listeners and people will want to reach out to you. If they want to know more about you and connect with you, how do you recommend they do that? Um, so I have, I have, I guess, two emails. My, my personal email that they can use is, is for the children of Texas at gmail.com. And then uh, I am a, a member of the nonprofit. I mean, I'm not not doing this as part of the nonprofit, but I, I do have my nonprofit email as well. So it's Alejandro 
at equalityforchildren.org. That's terrific. That's terrific. And I encourage moms and dads out there or anyone who is experiencing what Alejandro has talked about today is to reach out to him. Because Alejandro, you're you're a leader in this and you know, you're the, you're an advocate and I appreciate you, you know, trying to make change. It's the most important yeah, thing you I can mean, do. Knowing what we're knowing what we're up up against yeah. with, with the lobbyists. The only way this this happens is yeah, we, we need the we need the masses. We need to, um, that's the only way that we can, we can move the ball on this issue. So yeah, that's why we're, we're educating and, and raising awareness and, and trying to bring folks into the fold. So it's terrific. It's terrific. And thank you for sharing this with me today. This was good. And we're going to get this out to a lot of people so they can hear about you and your platform in the upcoming events so they can get involved too. So no, thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, GTFO listeners, that is a wrap. Thank you for joining me today and cheers until next time. Can't wait to talk to you again soon. Thank you for joining me today on the GTFO podcast. This is Holly Kaplan. To connect with me for confidence coaching or speaking engagements, please connect with me at hollykaplan.com or find me on Instagram at GTFO underscore podcast. Thanks. Thanks.